Hello, folks, and welcome to the weekly podcast of Independent Methodist Church in Macon, Mississippi. We hope that this message will bless your heart, draw you closer to Jesus Christ, and help you in your daily walk as you seek to serve our Lord. Take your Bible this morning and turn to 6th chapter of Matthew. We'll be looking at six verses there in just a minute. Matthew chapter 6. And the title of the message this morning is Double Vision. Double Vision. It's strange how things change as we grow older. I can remember when I was about six years old for Christmas that year, I got my first bicycle and got a pellet gun as well. And I loved those two things. The bicycle was red and it had white pinstripe, best I can remember down, stickers down the side of it. It was a little too big for me at the time. I can remember having to kind of hop up on the seat and couldn't touch the floor. But I rode that bicycle religiously. Even though it was too big for me, I grew into it, and then I grew out of it. When I grew out of it, I had a hand-me-down bike from one of my grandmothers that I rode for a year or two, and then I kind of got out of the bike riding business. I, I used to love riding that bicycle and taking that pellet gun riding the hedgerows. Something I love to do, but it's funny how things change. If you were to come up to me this afternoon and say, Hey, after church, let's go ride bikes, <laughs> I would do my best to try to keep the raunchy look off my face as I politely would tell you no. But in the past 10 years, I have developed a love for something that I never would have thought that I love going to antique stores and estate sales. It's just something about going to an antique store and browsing the shelves and seeing things that maybe your aunt or your grandmother had in their kitchen. And it brings back those memories. Maybe a toy or something that you had when you were growing up. It brings back those memories of years gone by. There's something about going to an estate sale. I love it. Over the past few years I've been fortunate enough to, to walk through some houses and go through some estate sales. And I'm always, I always walk away surprised in one of two ways. I either walk through and I'm blown away by how lavish someone's earthly possessions are. Or I've, been, I've walked away before thinking, man, that was really some plain stuff. It really wasn't flashy at all. Always surprised one way or the other. Now, there's nothing wrong with either one in and of themselves. There's nothing wrong with earthly possessions. No matter how lavish they are, how plain they are, there's nothing wrong with that. But I always leave those sales a little bit saddened and wondering to myself were they ready to meet Jesus? That's what matters. 
No matter how lavish or how plain they are, everything got left behind. When I leave those cells, I often wonder how they were spiritually. As I walked around a recent estate sale, I began to think about this subject, and that's where this message is born from. I, the Lord laid this passage of Scripture from Matthew chapter 6 on my heart, and it, and it challenged me. As I sat around our living room the, this week, quiet, everybody else was either gone to bed or somewhere else, and, and I began to think, one of these days I'm going to be gone. One of these days you're going to be gone. And someone will walk through our heart looking at our stuff. What will they think about us? Will they wonder if we were right with the Lord? Now this is an important subject. It involves the heart, the mind, and the will. And Jesus talks about it here in Matthew chapter 6. Let's pick up reading there in verse 19 of Matthew chapter 6. This is Jesus speaking. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount. It's in red letters in my Bible. Matthew chapter 6, we'll start reading in verse 19. Jesus says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Let's pray together. Father, bless this reading of your word to our hearts this morning. Help us to understand the words that you spoke, Lord, and speak through me the message you would have me to, to deliver. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, this passage, as I said, it deals with the heart and the mind and the will. The first thing I want us to think about this morning as we think about this passage of storing up treasures in heaven. The first thing I want us to think about is the direction of our heart. We live in an increasingly materialistic world. Back in 1984, Madonna had a song. And the lyrics to that song were... We're living in a material world and I am a material girl. You remember that song? It's popular. <laughs> that was true then, but how much more so today? Some 30 odd years later. We're living in a material world. We want to get ahead. We want to make more money. We want nice things. Someone asked John Rockefeller back in when he was alive. He was considered to be one of the wealthiest persons to ever have lived in America. They said, John... How much money does a man need to be truly happy? His response was just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. They've done surveys to where they ask people how much money they think they need to make to be truly content. And across the board, most of the time, it's about double what they're making. They ask somebody making 50000 a year, how much does it take to be truly happy? And they'd say, 
roughly 100,000. But the only problem is they'd ask somebody making 100,000 and they'd say 200,000. The problem with money and wealth is that it's never enough. It's like a mirage in the desert. Never satisfies. Never satisfies. The more you make, the faster you spend it. All of us have seen pro athletes making millions and millions of dollars and they retire. And just a year or two later, they're broke, bankrupt. The more we make, the faster we spend. You've heard that expression, money talks. I heard another pastor this week say, money talks all right, it says bye-bye. <laughs> it's, hard to stick it, it's hard for it to stick around. We, we tend not to, not to uh, be able to hold on to it. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 5. Listen to this verse. It says, Cast but a glance at riches, and they're gone. They, were, they will surely sprout wings and fly off in the sky like an eagle. Now the writer of Proverbs here is talking about our earthly riches. We can't hold on to them. We place so much value on our material possessions. Many times that's our focus and we're always looking for the next best thing or what we perceive to have value. We're never satisfied. I read a story this week of a woman walking down the sidewalk in Dallas, Texas, 1985. When the prices of oil had bottomed out. She was walking down the sidewalk and she heard a strange noise and she she stopped, dead in her tracks. In the middle of busy Dallas, Texas, she heard this voice and she couldn't figure out where it was coming from. And then she heard it again and she looked down and there was a frog on the sidewalk. Talking frog. And he said, hey. She reached down, pick me up. So she picks him up and she's holding this little talking frog in her hand. And he says, kiss me. She said, why in the world would I want to kiss you? He said, well, I used to be a Texas oil man, but I got changed into a frog. But if you'll kiss me, I'll change back into a Texas oil man. She looked at him. She thought a minute. She thought about the price of oil. She put the frog in her purse. And her friend said, why didn't you kiss him? She said, well, in this economy, I think I'd rather have a talking frog than a Texas oil man. <laughs> We look, for things, we look for things that we think we perceive has the most value. There's nothing wrong with being wealthy. There's nothing wrong with having earthly possessions. But the problem is when we begin to put our trust in them. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17 says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. God wants us to prosper. God wants us to be, have things to enjoy. But He wants us to trust in Him and not those earthly possessions. Moth and rust can't affect our treasures in heaven. He wants us to have treasures in heaven, not treasures on earth. Moth and rust can't affect it. Thieves can't steal it. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4 says, Our inheritance can never perish in heaven. It can never perish, spoil, or fade. It's an inheritance kept in heaven for you. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 19 says, In this way they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. 
It's found in Him. It's found in laying up our treasures in heaven. Now how can we store up treasures in heaven? We can't take our money with us. We can't take it with us. We, we, we leave it behind when we go. What's Jesus meaning when He says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven? We can invest in things going there. We can invest in things going there, sending it on ahead of us. So that when we get there, there'll be something there. You say, what do you mean? Well, souls are going to heaven. People leave this world every day. Souls are going to heaven so we can invest in sharing the gospel. Either by giving to a mission or sharing the gospel ourselves. Prayers go to heaven. Go straight to heaven. We can invest our time praying. Praise goes to heaven. We can use our talents that God has blessed us with to praise Him. Whether we're giving to missions or whether we're giving of our time or whether we're using our talents to praise Him, we're laying up treasure in heaven. Things that cannot be touched by rot or rust or robbers. It's all to do with the direction of the heart. Look there in verse 21. Jesus says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your heart's going to be where your treasure is. It's going to follow your treasure. It's not the other way around. Wherever your treasure is, that's the direction your heart is going to point. Just like the needle on a compass is always going to point north. Your heart it's going to point to where your treasure is. Just like a sunflower always points to the sun. In that manner, that's the way your heart is going to follow your treasure. I read one commentator that said this week he had an interesting thought. He said, you know, we place so much thought into material earthly possessions and we put so much value on gold. Gold is considered one of the most precious metals, but he said if you think about it, what we consider is precious, God uses it to pave streets with. It's God's asphalt. Streets of gold. God uses it to pave streets with in heaven to be trodden underfoot. Jesus says to us, lay up treasure in heaven on things that will be there when we get there. That way you know your heart will be there. What direction is your heart pointing this morning? It's the direction of your heart. Secondly, the disposition of the mind. The disposition of the mind. How your mind is inclined to think. Romans 12 and verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's about the disposition of the mind. Look there in verse 22. The text says the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Jesus uses here the illustration of the eyes. You can tell a lot of pers- about a person 
from their eyes, can't you? You look at someone's eyes, a lot of times you can tell whether they're sad or they're happy, whether they're excited or whether they're scared. Shakespeare wrote that the eyes are the window to the soul. I didn't know who wrote that. I had to look it up. I knew that, I knew that saying, but Shakespeare wrote that. And so also, any light that comes into our bodies comes in through our eyes. But Jesus here is not really talking about the eyes of the body in these verses. What he's really talking about is the eye of the mind. The disposition of the mind. He's talking about the, our thoughts and our character and our emotions. Those things that make up part of our soul. Make, up, make us who we are. What's our mind focused on this morning? I like the way the King James Version of these two verses is written. And I'm going to read this to you from the King James. It says, verses 22 and 23, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. He talks about if your eye is single, what does that mean? Having a single eye focused on one thing. Single vision focused on the Lord, focused on heavenly things, that inner eye of the mind, your thoughts are focused on things above. And if that's the single eye being focused solely on the Lord, then it talks about in verse 23, the evil eye, the bad eye, the sinful eye. So you have a single eye or a sinful eye. That sinful eye is one that's not focused. It's not clear. That's double vision. Double vision. It's distorted. James chapter 1 and verse 8 says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. We need to have a single eye, not a double eye. Single vision, not double vision. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8 says, Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or, or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing. Knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit blessing. We need to have singleness of mind focused on heavenly things. Paul wrote to the Colossians in chapter 3 and verse 2, Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. William Booth saw the, what they call the undesirables in London. The drunkards and the drug addicts and the poor. And he saw that the churches over there were not tending to them like he thought they should and they needed to be reached out to so he spent his life with what he called the three S's soup soap and salvation spent his life doing that he was single minded had single focus on things above William Booth when he got in his 80's his ministry was hindered somewhat by his eyesight he went blind temporarily for a while and then he regained his sight and then he lost it again permanently. And it's said of him that when he, the doctors finally determined his sight wouldn't come back, his son went to tell him the bad news. And he said, well, 
I've done all this for God and these people with my eyes. Now it's time to do stuff for God and these people without my eyes. He had a single focus. His mind was turned toward the Lord. When our minds aren't set on things above, we're stumbling around in darkness. Headed in the wrong direction, we're not focused. Now we might think we're focused. We might think we're focused, but the Lord says if the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? We may think we're doing the right thing. But Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 7, in that day people will say, Lord, we prophesied in your name and we cast out demons in your name and we did all these wonderful things in your name. And he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5 says we need to examine ourselves to see whether we're in the faith. We need to test ourselves. Sometimes we think we're doing right and we're not. You remember what it says in Judges? Kind of give the sums up of the, the time of Israel in that day. It says in Judges 21 and verse 25, In those days Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. They did according to the way they wanted to do it. They were not single-minded. They were not focused on the Lord. So i got a question for you this morning. Who's your king? Who's your king? Is His name Jesus? Or are you doing things that you see fit in your own eyes? How's your spiritual eyesight this morning? Is it single vision or double vision? There's a direction of the heart. Our, our hearts are going to point to where our treasure is. There's the disposition of the mind. Our thoughts and our emotions are going to justify where our heart is. We need to have that singleness of mind. We need to have eyes focused on heavenly things. And not to be walking around with double vision. And then the last thing I want us to see this morning is what I'm going to call a devotion of the will. Devotion of the will. Look at verse 24. Jesus goes on to say that no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now in my Bible, some of your versions say mammon. In my Bible, it's got money, but it's capitalized. That's money personified. That's materialism personified. You can't serve both. We can't serve two masters. That word there for master is the word that kind of gives the idea of a slave owner, a lord. We can't have two lords. One of the worst train disasters in history happened in January 1944 in the El Toro Tunnel in Spain. On that day, there were 500 people died. It's one of those long passenger trains that had an engine on both ends. And as they entered into the tunnel, they got about halfway through and that, the pulling engine stalled. And the one at the back decided, I need to crank up and back us out of this tunnel. So he cranked up and he started pulling. And then the first one cranked his back up and they started pulling against each other. And each one of them, they couldn't communicate with each other because the tunnel was so long they had no way to communicate. And so they, they kept pulling thinking, I just need more power. I just need more power. And people died of carbon monoxide poisoning in that tunnel because 
They were getting pulled in two directions. We can't get pulled in two directions. We're going to serve one or the other. We're going to serve one or the other. We can't compartmentalize it. We, might, we can't say this is my church life over here and this is my regular life over here. God doesn't want that. We can't serve two masters. The word there means Lord. and So God wants to be Lord. The children of Israel tried this. They tried serving the God, God Almighty and they tried serving Baal. It didn't work. God said, I'm a jealous God. You shall have no one before me. God wants our complete devotion. He wants our will to be devoted to Him. He wants that devotion of the will. He doesn't want to broker a power-sharing agreement like our Senate's been talking about for the last few weeks. His throne is not a duplex. It's got one seat on it. It belongs to Him. Jesus says, lay up treasure in heaven. So I have three questions for us this morning. When you get to heaven, will there be treasure there that you've sent ahead? This challenged me this week when I thought about it. When we get to heaven, will there be someone there that says, I'm here because of you sharing the gospel? I'm here because of the prayer that you offered for me. I'm here because I saw you praising the Lord. Will there be someone there because of something you have done? What direction is your heart pointing this morning? What about the eye of your mind? Are you single-minded? Do you have a single focus or are you double-focused this morning? God wants us to be completely focused on Him. As we prepare to sing in just a minute, we're going to sing a song. In the words of that song, Have you any room for Jesus? Have you any room for Jesus? I pray that you'll respond as He leads this morning. Let's pray. Father, we're sinful people, Lord. We, we don't give You the place in our hearts like we ought to. Father, forgive us for that. Father, if there be anything in our heart and in our mind that shouldn't be there, Lord, we just pray that You'll show us that, Lord. We lay it at Your feet this morning. Help us to be single-minded. Help us to have a single focus and not double vision. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.